What up, what up? Wake Up Willie Podcast, we back. Me and, uh, me and my wife, he, fiance, I mean, fiance, getting ready in October. Y'all, some of y'all are welcome. But took the baby out, had to take a week off, but we back now. So, got a big time business on this episode as well, man. We got a super, super entrepreneur, she's an author, photographer, and she has a course coming pretty soon. Mother, wife, expect the one on the way. You know, she's very uh, inspirational not only to women, but to myself. You know what I'm saying? So I want to go give her her flowers on this episode as well. So without further ado, we got the homie Janitra Grayson White. Did I have to say the whole name? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it does not matter. I just read off the book right there. Right. Yeah, man. So how you been? You know how you. I've been seeing your story going through it with the pregnancy, you all right? Yeah. Um, I've been okay. I'm just like at the end, so. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. That's, so, we are, we are due date? April 5th, so a little bit less than three weeks. Okay, so yeah. almost over. Almost over. Yeah, I just had my, uh, I got a six month old now, and my, uh, my girl, she kind of went through a little tough time with the pregnancy, so I got a whole different respect for women when, she, oh, when they yeah. had babies. So, mm-hmm. shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? Thank I'm, you. I'm proud of you, man. So, Let's kind of let's kind of get into a little bit of your background before we get to your your ventures. So, so you, your first entrepreneurial venture, right? So, just a, all right. So, have you always been an entrepreneur? Um, I think I have um, always been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, even like starting in, I guess, even like in college, just always been hustling, trying to find multiple streams of income. Um, I was like the dorm room hairstylist, makeup artist, yeah. you know, you name it, um, whatever. That's what's up, yeah. Um, what did you type of selling candy in fifth grade and all that? Um, that you? I don't remember selling, I don't remember selling candy in fifth grade. I was too much of a nerd back then. I was just reading books. I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah, I was doing people homework in college for $50 pop, so uh. yeah, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, man, so speaking of school, you was a teacher. Uh, yeah, just so, recently, right? um, so. Mm-hmm. so I taught um, public school for seven years. Um, I started back in 2014 and uh, taught pretty much middle school, high school Spanish. Um, started out up in Dallas and then I eventually moved back to to the Waco area to be closer to my family. Um, but even then, uh, while I was teaching, I um, I was still always doing entrepreneurial things. I had uh, my first year teaching, I had a hair company um, and it was pretty successful. <clears throat> and uh, I eventually kind of like let that go uh, just because I got so busy with teaching and I was a first time mom during that time period. Um, and so I kind of let that go. But while I was doing it, it was it was very successful back then, um, before the big boom. And now, like, there's a million hair companies. But there weren't that many of us back then. Oh, yeah. um, and then fast forward to most recently, um, the last couple years of my teaching career, I started doing photography and uh, eventually opened my studio and then left teaching to do that full time. Okay. Got you, got you. So I was going to kind of transition to that too as well, man. So how's the photography business going? Is that taking off? 
It's going good. Um, it, I mean, leaving teaching to go full time, just you know, jump in was one of the best decisions that I ever made. Um, I feel very fulfilled in what I do. Um, I don't feel like the stress and burnout of teaching and just you know working for somebody else. Um, of course, it still has its challenges uh, working for yourself, but it's a lot more fulfilling. I'm ready. That's what's up. All right, so like, um, so you being an entrepreneur in your mind, why did you pick photography? Um, I kind of stumbled upon photography. <clears throat> I've always been kind of like a creative and not to like toot my own horn, but I'm the type of person that's always like been good at everything. Don't that <laughs> it's like everything, pretty much everything besides like sports. Um, yeah. Anything that I've tried, like I've been successful at it. I can pretty much master um anything that you put in front of me and um, I actually started photography during one of my pregnancies um, I decided during that pregnancy that I was just going to get a camera just to start capturing those memories just for myself um, and I had always kind of been the family photographer like my my sister and my brother-in-law and everybody they would be like hey can you take our pictures and like you know, we like the way you edit them. And I was just using, like, cell phone apps back then um, to edit. But they they just wanted me to do it. I remember, like, I took my sister's maternity pictures probably, like, in, like, 2013, 2012. And um, and just, ed- like, was editing them on my, on my phone and stuff. Uh, which was so it's so funny to look back at it now and I'm like those pictures were terrible um, but they loved them yeah um, and so yeah so fast forward to um, my my last pregnancy so I decided to I was going to invest in a, like a pricier camera um, and my justification at that time was well hiring a photographer is super expensive so I'll just spend that money on a camera yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, not knowing back then everything that actually goes into being a photographer so I was very naive um, but that's just kind of how I got started and I just started taking pictures of my kids and then other people would ask me to take pictures of their kids and so I just started you know doing like the little mini sessions and the pumpkin patch sessions yeah. um, and then it, I enjoyed it um, and it just kind of took off and I was still teaching during that time um, but I was starting to get really really busy and I was starting to get really invested I was like buying more gear and lenses um, and like I remember for our first uh, anniversary my husband actually gifted me what was my dream lens which is like an almost $2,000 lens and Man, this, uh, <laughs> that's kind of the hold up for the YouTube channel, but go ahead. Yeah, and so that was our first anniversary <clears throat> gift. And so at that point, it was like, okay, this is something that I'm obviously serious about yeah. because, like, I'm getting gifted this dream lens. Um, and so um, I just kept going at it. I started, you know, trying to be more professional, raising my prices, getting a website, just really getting into the business side, taking photography courses and business courses and you know mentoring with different people um, and then eventually it got to the point where I started to get burned out because I was teaching all day and then I was like 
talking to clients at night, editing, trying to shoot in the evenings, and it was like, okay, I'm I'm never home because I'm always like, no, babe, I gotta go do a photo shoot tonight. Never had time for the family. And then, yeah, and then yeah. I get home and I'm like, well, I can't right now because I gotta stay up and, and edit these pictures. Uh, and then when COVID hit, it just kind of opened my eyes, and eventually I was like, okay, you need to choose one career or the other. And so um, I chose photography, and I left teaching. I went and signed a lease on a studio, and we just went from there. Alrighty, man, that's what's up. Uh, so you, you pretty much been taking pictures, uh, whether professionally or unprofessionally, about since 2013, you said. Yep. That's why your pictures. That's why our family pictures came out the way they did. Right? Yeah. So to, yeah I, 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 we was very impressed with those pictures. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody came home, uh, came to our house looking at the pictures and all that. Was, oh. We kind of gave a couple of references. So. Oh, good. You know. Yeah, I really enjoyed taking y'all's pictures. Y'all have a beautiful family. I really appreciate you. We got a, we got an engagement coming up too, so we might hit you up again. So yeah. Engagement photos. You do invitations, wedding invitations, and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, if you want to use your images on your invitation, then yeah, by all means. Okay. <laughs> I could do that. All right, well, what are the... Um... I just don't do weddings. That's the only thing I don't do anymore. <laughs> Why not weddings? Why you... Weddings are a lot of work. They're <clears throat> like 12-hour days. Good point. And like 2,000 pictures to edit. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I asked that. I didn't even think... It makes total sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, so... What other services you uh, you offer like within your uh, studio? Um, so I have a full service photography studio. So when my clients book with me, I do everything from styling them uh, before their session. Uh, I have a client closet full of gowns um, that women, you know, generally like to wear. I don't have a lot of stuff for men, um, but I have a full client closet, um, and I offer with my sessions hair and makeup. So when um, my clients come for their session, they just kind of roll out of bed, they show up. We have a team there that handles their hair and makeup. We've already gone over their styling, so they're probably wearing a couple of personal pieces or a couple pieces from my closet. Um, and then we do their session. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's a, it's a one-stop shop. Oh, okay, that's what's <laughs> up. I ain't, I ain't know about all that. We, just got, we came already dressed and all, so we were like, yeah, no but but so um, Chanae and I had went over the styling before. So of, course I had, I did. of course I did. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I have like a 30-page style guide that I send out that gives like a starting point on what to wear, what not to wear. And she actually sent me all those outfits and I gave feedback and, you know, and that's how I picked the backdrop and the colors and all that. So it all, it, it was all happening before the session. Oh, here I was thinking I was being original. Hey, give me that sweater right there. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all kind of led me there. All right, I got y'all. I got y'all. <laughs> so you do a lot of work behind the scenes. Uh, see, it's like, so the average person not in photography business, they kind of look at the, as just taking pictures, right? Right, yes. You know, you had no idea of everything that kind of go behind it. Yeah. You know, the editing, all the 20 apps you mentioned before the episode started. The, did you say 20 apps to edit your pictures and all that? Um... Not well, not twenty, but so as photographers, we have like a lot of different things that we have to subscribe to. Maybe I meant twenty different things. Yeah. So like, you know, you have to have software like Photoshop and Lightroom, and you have to pay for that every month. You mm -hmm. have to have a software that you pay for every month that creates your invoices and handles your payments. And you, there's a different um, app that 
you upload your galleries too to send to your clients and so all of that is like a um, an overhead expense a monthly ticket item and then that's also time that you spend in the background that you know people just see you when you're pressing the button they don't see yeah. you when you're up you know smoothing their skin and, <laughs> and fixing the flyaways and yeah. you know creating their invoice and sending the contract and um well, i to slob off my baby at the time yeah yeah <laughs> all that um and so yeah the average person doesn't see a lot that goes into it maintaining your equipment buying the equipment which is very pricey um yeah all right so like do you have a lot of photographers that follow you uh they that you mentor at the moment? Um, I do, well, I, yeah, I have a lot of photographers that follow me. I'm in a lot of different, a part of a lot of different communities of photographers. Um, and right now, I do mentor a handful of people um, almost around the world. Um, I, I mentor a couple in Los Angeles, and they actually flew to Waco. Um, they took a like just a little mini getaway, and they came to Waco a couple months ago to actually come mentor one-on-one in my studio and we just we spent the day just going over everything in their business and, and getting them ready to to create a sustainable business where they don't you know burn out um, or go broke um, yeah. and I have um, some clients in the Metroplex like in Dallas um, and a couple of people in Waco um, but I'm still trying to you know branch out and one of my passions is mentoring Photographers and other business owners and just showing them how to create a, a successful business that's going to give you the freedom that you want, but still pay your bills. Uh, that's for sure. All right, let me, let me put on my uh, photographer hat for a second. I'm going to ask that question as a photographer, right? So, <clears throat> so, we started off, uh, so we started out in your photographer career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you charge low prices. Yes. You know, fifty dollars for a mini shoot. Very low. I yes. see it on social media all the time. I'm like, hey, bro. Yes. Hey, come on now. I, I, I'm willing to pay you, bro. Like, I got you. Like, you know. Yeah. So, talk to me about that transition from going to that that mini shoot price from fifty to a hundred dollars a shoot to mm-hmm. up your prices up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a scary transition, but honestly, it's a necessary one for anybody who is serious about. Um, running a sustainable business Um, I'm sure people see like there's a photographer on every corner right now because everybody thinks that just if if they get a camera they can be a successful photographer and then after a year or two you know they disappear because they weren't charging enough Um, usually it's because they weren't charging enough and they ran out of time and and energy um, and they kept attracting clients that weren't looking for a luxury experience that were just looking for something that was quick and cheap um you so yeah you, I, pay, you pretty much pay for the quality you get right yeah you do you get you get what you pay for as yeah. well um but yeah i mean i started out right there too i <laughs> i looked back at like some of my ads that i was running you know even just three years ago for you know 30 and 40 to 50 dollar mini sessions and I'm just like kicking myself but every photographer kind of has to go through that um, and so I went through that but it, it like I said it got to the point where I was working so much and I'm like if I charged $50 for this one hour session 
And then I go home and I spend six hours editing these pictures and trying to deliver them and, and XYZ. And I've already spent two hours just talking to the client beforehand and scheduling and getting their vision and their inspiration and picking a location and all that. I put like 10 hours into this session um, like for $50. It's like $5 an hour. Well, yeah. And then I have to pay 30% of that in taxes. So there goes, you know, um, $25 or whatever. $27 and then I have to you know pay taxes there's the sales tax um, and then I still have to pay $100 a month for Photoshop shoot proof Auto, all the software that I use yeah um, and so then you know oh I made a dollar fifty an hour <laughs> <laughs> so um, all this work you did yeah might as well keep her job. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so it was at that point I was like, okay. And so it was it was to me it seemed slow. When I talked to other photographers, they're like, Man, I can't believe you just jumped in like that. I mean the first time I raised my prices I went from like fifty dollars to like one seventy five. And like that gave me anxiety because I was like, I'm a, I'm not gonna book anybody and then I was like instead of having to do like twenty sessions a month at fifty dollars Okay, I'm only getting like two or three clients a week, but I'm making more. And so, you know, I went up again to like three fifty, and then um, you right. know, you book even less. All right, let me let me stop right here. So, like, okay. when you when you move up your price, are you kind of like just filling out, see what they'll pay for, or are you just um? I'm asking for myself right now. At first, it was kind of yeah, like seeing what what they would pay for because I knew where I where I wanted and where I needed to be, like crunching the numbers with like what I need to have left over to pay my bills and all that um, but I also it was that fear of like being too expensive so it was kind of like creeping up um, originally and then eventually like once I I think it was once I decided that I was going to sign the lease on my studio I was like okay it's all or nothing um, I'm going to set my rates at what I need them to be um, not what I think people are going to be willing to pay, but what I, I need people to pay in order for me to survive. Um, and then we're just going to go from there. It was a great decision. Yeah, it seemed like it yeah. worked out for you. Um, and it still has its ups and downs. Like some months are really, really good and some months are not. Um, but then that also comes with knowing how to manage my finances to where on the months that are good, I'm putting away for the months that I know are going to be slower. Yeah. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man. So when I uh, when I uh, when I reached out to you for the interview, I kind of had this in mind. I'm like, y'all got to figure out. I got to figure out the mindset behind raising the prices and all that because, like, right. it's, you know, I don't want to ten dollars for an ad. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna burn out. You know what I'm saying? So right. I had to. So the interview was coming for myself, but at the same time, I wanted to. Uh, know reach our followers as well so yeah yeah I feel like this is a mentor session right now <laughs> <laughs> speaking of your mentor uh yeah side of the business yeah yeah so uh you said a lot of, you gave a lot of game and gems in, in that short amount of time right so did you put like a lot of those in your book yeah so um a lot of that is in my book um okay. my book released earlier this year is uh -huh. called girl do your thing um, from single mom to super boss and so it's basically like my journey um, coming from being a teacher a single mother um, to where I am now as a business owner um, my husband and I now we're about to welcome our fourth child 
um, into the home. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I'm a full time entrepreneur now, um, and so it's really just my transition, just ebbing and flowing through life and how I navigate it. You know, going from point A to point B, and a big part of it um, is about finances. Um, I talk a lot about like relationships and just self value and things that I feel like women need to hear um, in my book but um, I also talk a lot about just taking control of what you want your life to look like um, and for for everybody but especially for women a lot of that comes with taking control of what you want your finances to look like Um, especially right now Especially right now. <laughs> yeah, because this economy is even keeping me on my toes. And I thought I had it almost all together. And now I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah, what's, think, what's going on? Yeah, you think, you, you think you're good for a second, you know, mm-hmm. as a work. You think you get a raise. You know, you be all right, whatever. You think you're an entrepreneur. You made enough. Price it up to the point. Uh-huh. Then the price, price, gas price to $4. Inflation, uh-huh. 8% at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, so... um let me kind of ask another question about your transition from being a full-time entrepreneur. So, okay. But you, uh, first off, are you, you have like a spiritual foundation? Yeah. That you rely on um, in yes. decisions? Yes. I definitely, um, I definitely pray about my decisions. Okay. And, you know, I try to seek the word of God. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's challenging because we let like our desires like kind of cloud what we think we're hearing. Um, but for me, like when I pray about something, I feel like if the chips start to fall into place, then like that's God's way of saying, okay, you're on the right track. Yeah. And it, and it, it helps me a lot too, especially with being an entrepreneur and having like the ups and downs when things are down or, you know, um, I, if I don't get that client instead of like thinking of it in a negative way, I'm like, okay, well. That might have been a nightmare client that God was protecting me from. Yeah, you right know, yeah, you that was the right, you, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. Uh, we kind of, my last episode with, uh, you know, Ebony and Jocelyn. Yes. Yeah, I had them on the last episode. We kind of talked about the subject a little bit, spirituality. Yeah. Knowing God, know, knowing God's signs and knowing yeah. what he's speaking to, you know, that. So, you should go check that out if you haven't. Yeah, it was pretty, you uh, pretty much kind of reiterated what you just said. So. Yeah. I think I did pretty good with that answer, which you asked me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Ebony and Jocelyn. If y'all ain't listen yeah. to that episode, go back and listen to that one, man. So, yeah. All right. So, um, the transition from being a teacher mm-hmm. to being an entrepreneur, that's um, that's all detailed in your book. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm not giving away the whole book in this interview right no, now. No, no. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, I give away, I, not that I give away a lot of the book, because I put a lot into the book that I didn't take the time, to, I don't take the time to sit down and write it on social media. But if anybody like follows me on Instagram, um, at Janitra, then you see a lot of my life and I share a lot. And I even do, um, I haven't done one in a couple of weeks just because I'm at the like the end of this pregnancy, and so it's like prioritizing yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I can do every day. Yeah. Um, but I was doing even like finance Fridays, and so on Fridays I was just giving out like financial tips on my Instagram, um, kind of just going in depth. Um, I mean, in the, in the book I'm kind of just going in depth on those things. Okay. Um, 
And then I also, it's funny because I just like two hours ago got in the mail <laughs> my um, physical copies of my planner, okay. my workbook that I designed that goes hand in hand with my book. Um, and so that is released. It's available on Amazon as well. Um, but it's basically like, it's just a, a workbook. Um, it has like a monthly budget sheet. Uh, and different things. It has like a little section for entrepreneurs to do like um, entrepreneurial planning and goals and things like that. Nice. Uh, and it's just a good companion to my book. Um, and so I lost my train of thought on that. It's all good. I got um, to bring the pause. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, but yeah, and so, you know, in my book and, and through the planner, like just kind of, you know, giving all the the detailed information for kind of what I share um, on my social media. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so <clears throat> your photographer, your mentor, uh, you got the planners. Is that going to come with the book or are you going to send it individually? It's individual. individual. Um, okay. Yeah, so like I said, right now both are, both are on Amazon and then like locally I have both on hand. Um, but yeah, they're individual. Um, some people just want the book and then some people after they read the book they're like yeah okay now I need the planner um, and so yeah okay cool cool you're not leaving no dollar on the table I feel you <laughs> you know what I'm saying so alright so I, I checked on your uh, your IG you said you have a uh, you have a save your way to a hundred thousand dollar course coming yes um, so that's like a transition from my book um, talk about it let's go um I have, and right now it's just an email sign-up list for what what's going to be called the Save Your Way to 100K course, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically going to be just a like a detailed course. It builds on my book, but it's going to be more practical, um, helping people to save their first 100K, um, whatever that may look like for some people. They're going to be able to do that in two years. Okay, I'll go with my next question. For some people, it might take 10. Um, you know, but either way, you know, that's a, a big milestone. Um, and it's something that I've personally done. Um, that I, I, you know, I started on that journey as a single mom. And then, you know, obviously being married kind of helped me to, to reach that goal. Yeah. Um, having... Well, I say having two incomes, but then having a lot more kids, so it probably evened out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are expensive. <laughs> they definitely are. Yeah. All right. So, without giving the whole, uh, without giving the whole course away, was one big, uh, was one big tactic one can use right now if they're working a regular job to save their way to 100k. Um. So. And one of the things that I talk about in the book and on Instagram and we're going to go into on the course and the course is going to be kind of like it, it's going to be like a pre-recorded course, but it's going to have a one on one feel because um, I will be checking in like with the people that are doing the course and providing like some one on one assistance. So it'd be like an automated course like we just talking like me and you right now. Yeah. So people. So I'm going to. So the videos. And the modules will all be like pre-recorded, but people will still have an opportunity to like check in with me on what you know their actual goals and their progress. Um, 
I'm not surprised. So, uh, at this point in the uh, episode, I'm not surprised you're doing the course right now. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Go ahead. <laughs> and it, it, for me, because I get so many questions, so many people that want to talk about the book or want to talk about finances, they're like, I need you to help me, you know, do this. So I was like, if, if I'm, you know, I'm doing this over and over with people, I might as well package it and, you know, put it into the course so that it's available, you know, forever. Um, but yeah, one of the big things that, that I preach is the mentality of save first. So a lot of people think of saving as at the end of the month, whatever I have left over, I just put that away. No, I'm with your 10% right now. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so save first is an idea of putting like your savings on the first line of your budget. So when you decide however much you're going to save um, per month, so let's just, you know, say the average person wants to, you know, for sure put away $200 a month into their savings account. Um, that should be the first thing on your line item in your budget. Um, and if not the first thing, it should be right under your rent, mortgage, you know, the essentials. Um, it should come before Starbucks and shoes and, <laughs> you know, um, brunch and day parties and all yeah. that. Um, and I hate to describe it as a chore, but more like an obligation. Like you're, you are obligated. Just like if you don't pay your rent that month, you're going to be on the street. You should have the same mentality with saving that $200. It's not negotiable. This is what I save every month. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's hard, especially in our generation, because like when we see something we want it, there's always something that's being presented to us to buy, to consume. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard to have that discipline and say and, and look at 20 years from now. Yeah. Um, even when, you know, you talk to people our age about like saving for retirement and things like that, it's hard to imagine being 60 um, it's gonna come though. But it's gonna come, and you're not gonna want to work anymore, mm -hmm. and you're still gonna have bills. So. <laughs> yeah. Now I think about it, like uh, the meanest employees I could work with are old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't really going because they don't. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're mad. Like they don't still want to be at work, and I don't blame them. Yeah. But those were decisions that they didn't make in their twenties to set themselves up to be successful uh, when they're, you know, when they're sixty. Yeah, I, I had to be there. I had to be somewhere at thirty years, and like somebody just graduated high school, tell me what to do with my job. Like, you know, yeah, yeah I get it, hundred <laughs> percent. I get it. <laughs> All right, so you use these uh, use these principles in your course become debt free completely, right? Yes, right, um, completely debt free. Well, uh, one caveat: um, <clears throat> the the only for me the only like acceptable. Uh, debt is a mortgage okay um, because that's a big ticket item and it's a it's a good investment um so mortgages are okay as long as you're not like overextended you know trying to like spend a million dollars when you can only afford 400k yeah. um, <laughs> um so still within reason um but you know i even advocate for paying off your mortgage early and a lot of that uh, I, I've been fortunate and I realized that I have an advantage because my parents have instilled a lot of that in me um, and they kind of made a lot of the financial mistakes early on and you know changed their finances so they were able to teach um, teach me and so and actually their the home that you know they're in now um, that they built uh, several years ago they paid completely paid off their 30-year mortgage in 10 years 
and so that like super inspired me um you know to be able to have that financial freedom and to see that like these things are attainable neither of my parents finished college you know they're just regular people who go to work but they manage their money in a way that allows them to to be secure financially yeah that's one thing to uh, teach your kids uh, you know eating junk food if you right. prepare eating junk food you can't they're gonna be stick right right yeah. yeah um yeah so it's definitely um so so for me since i know like looking at my friends and just people that i know who don't necessarily have that from their parents just because that generation a lot of them just didn't know any better um it's important for me to be able to give whatever knowledge i have to the rest of the people that are my age so that we can then change things for our kids so they don't for have sure. to make you know make financial mistakes and and all that um and just progress as a as a culture as a generation all right cool it's like you read my structure before i even uh started the episode like, <laughs> i was just gonna go into the raising kids part so like whoa all right so what uh principle are you gonna steal in your kid that you didn't have growing up Ooh, um. Never asked this question before. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> Hold on, I need to think about that. A principle that I do have when I'm growing up. I mean, I, I parent a lot different than my parents' generation, just to begin with. Um, Start with it, start with it. Um, just in general, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of like a, a weird parent because I'm like, you know, into the the all natural and um <laughs> you know until probably most recent years like my kids didn't consume junk food and <laughs> things like that and my parents weren't really concerned with that I mean yeah we they didn't I mean like my mom cooked every night and all that but they didn't care if we were eating high fructose corn syrup or whatever. What am I guess brought that up? Man, uh, was He said, "Hey, bro, chill out on the high fructose." Now I'm looking at the bags and stuff. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, our kids are eating veggie chips the other veggie straws the other day, and I told my husband, I "said You know, if you read the back of the bag, it's not even really like vegetables. It's just like potato and cornstarch. It's just like oh, yeah, sure. dressed up potato chips." Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> It's unhealthy vegans out here too. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because French fries are still. But um, <laughs> sound like it sounds like you're throwing a shot right now. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm definitely not vegan or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so just try to teach my kids um, healthy eating habits. I was allowed to be a picky junk food kid growing up, and so it wasn't until I got to college that I would even explore and like try new foods. Like I ate okay. chicken tenders my whole childhood and um yeah and so like it got to the point i was in high school and my daddy would get mad because like we would go to papado's and i would order chicken tenders and he's like we can't take you nowhere because you just want to order chicken tenders everywhere i feel him on that one though (laughs) come on now (laughs) um and so having them you know have an expanded palate like making them try things um like my my oldest she'll eat anything she'll try anything she'll She'll eat us out of house and home. She does eat us out of house and home. Um, but, you know, that's just one of the things. But um, let's see. What other All principles? Right. So you got the healthier lifestyle down. What, yeah. about, what about financial? Yeah. Um, and I guess it's hard because I, f- I feel like my parents did instill. 
I mean, the financial part of me. So I'm kind of just like mm-hmm. building on that for my kids. Um, yeah, that, maybe that. not so much when I was younger, because um, it was as I got older that my parents, you know, became. My dad became like the the big Dave Ramsey fan. Um, and I mean that completely just like changed their life. He at that point, from that point on, he was like, "We are never having another car note. We are, you know, we're not." I feel that way right now. I yeah. feel that way right now. I might, I might make an exception with the house, but yeah, everything else, I'm gonna yeah. get paid off as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so that was, you know, moments like the the car that my parents bought me in high school. I drove that car through college, through my first job, and everything until I had saved enough to pay cash for the car that I wanted. Um, and you know, during that time, I was living in Dallas, where everybody is gonna go lease a BMW, and I'm driving around in my two-door Accord. Oh, yeah. You know, my 2003 Accord, just perfectly fine because, yeah. you know, I was able to look at okay, one day I'm gonna get the car I want, and I'm not gonna have a car note on it. Yeah. Um, so as long as it runs, we're good. Um, and so, I mean, that's another thing that I would like to just instill in my kids is just to not think about the now, but think about the future. And that's in like every decision. Um, you know, instant gratification is not always the best. Um, we have to look at look into the future. Already, I'm gonna get some financial literate kids. <laughs> I, I had to ask you that because I'm kind of. Uh, I'm like, what am, I, what am I gonna teach my baby when that happens? X, Y, Z happens. I'm kind of yeah. And for me, it was like more so, <clears throat> not even my parents like teaching me. Uh, it was more so them modeling exactly. for me. And I was like I said, I was a nerd, and so I was always like up under like my parents. If if they were going to you know buy a house, like I'm right there at the closing. Like what's what what does that mean? What are you doing? You know. Yeah. Um. And so just kind of watching them and how they did, and then of course you know I was still a knucklehead. Like I got 18, and my parents were always like, no credit cards, no credit. You don't need a credit card. You can't buy right now. Just forget about it. I wish I'd listened. And I did. I did too. Because yeah. as soon as I turned eighteen, and they started sending that stuff in my name, saying like, "Oh, you've been pre-approved for Capital One." I'm like, "Ooh, what's this?" I'm going behind my parents' back, accepting all the credit card offers. And you know, I'm like a freshman in college. I'm like running up Chick Fil A on a credit oh, card. Sure. <laughs> It's like the first time you get a pillar. And uh, my parents found out they're like, you know what? We told you so. <laughs> so go ahead and handle that. And you know, um, but so so yeah, there was there was a time when like I was there and I ended up having to pay pay it off. And even like I was fortunate enough that my parents were paying for my schooling. Mm-hmm. But again, I you know I want to be down in Austin and party and buy clothes and shoes and eat out and go drink and all that. And so I'm like, oh, I can like take out a tuition loan or something. They'll just give me some money. My parents already paid my tuition, so I can just spend this money. And so then I'm like, oh wait, now I have student loan debt. Granted, it wasn't a lot, but I was like, and my parents were like, that was debt you didn't even need. So go ahead and take care of that too. Yeah. (laughs) I I talked about when I was at MCC. I talked to my daddy about uh, it was like a two or three thousand dollar loan I could have got because. Matter of fact, uh, let me take back what I said a while ago. I ain't qualified for a Pell Grant, right? <laughs> All I got was the scholarships that I applied right, for. Yeah. And I was an athlete, so my school was already paid for through oh, athletics. So I seen that loan, it said for $3,000. I said, man, everybody got a Pell Grant, I ain't getting nothing. Right. 
You know, he was signed up for it. I told my daddy, he said, boy, don't get up, you know. Right. He told yeah. me Adam was smart, you know. And that was always me because I never qualified for any financial assistance <clears throat> because of my parents. Yeah, shout out to And so when they started showing me that, I'm like, well, I keep seeing my friends getting these refund checks. Man, I'm telling like, you. Like, what is it? I want a refund check. Yeah, can't get a refund check and not go back to school at all. <laughs> And so uh, I did that for like two semesters and, you know, racked up so a little student loan debt and, uh, you know, and then fast forward when it came time uh, when I decided, um, hey, I'm going to try to buy a house. And then my parents were like, well, you know, you got to take care of all that, you know, that debt that you that you got. Mm-hmm. And so and luckily, because during my first year teaching, I still had the hair company. Um, I was I was saving all that money. So I had a nice like chunk of my savings but I, I literally had to kind of put you know half of that down to take care of all the the debt that I had accrued that I had nothing to show for because I had partied it up and ate it up on you know going out and it had nothing to show for it nothing really tangible um but yeah and so I guess segueing back to the kids, like just knowing that they still gonna have to learn for themselves. But at the end of the day, if they have those principles instilled in them, like they won't be as bad off, and they'll be able to like come back around and bring it in, oh, yeah. um, have a little hiccup, and then get it together. Yeah, I think that's the best way to raise kids, though, is through example. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, boys count the top. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You sound like my daddy. No. He always say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time my kids do something bad, he say that. Yeah. Shout out to Pop, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, man. Um, one more question before we get to the rapid fire ones, man. So, uh, okay. What's the. I feel to clear that last day that's your name. Like, is it like a. Um, What's the, describe that feeling I'm working towards it um, It is And actually it's funny you say that Because I guess I haven't had debt Since before I bought my first house um, So this house we're currently in is, is our second home My husband and I bought this one together My first home uh, I bought it as a single mom um, I actually talk about that in my book Because it was a, a big deal um, I got like a lot of pushback from that, you know, people saying, oh, is, that's a lot of house for you. You're a single woman. What do you think your husband's going to think if you ever meet somebody? And so I had to, you know, work through all that. Um, but one of the last things that I, you know, paid off was, like, the student loans and, the like, the credit cards that I had had from just being, like, freshman, sophomore in college. Um, and it was, like, a big lump sum. <laughs> Um, and I was sitting, I remember like sitting at the computer with my parents and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do this. Um, cause for me, I had just like within the last like year or two of that started saving and I started seeing like my savings account just grow and seeing like more money in a bank account than I had ever seen before. And so it was, it was hard for me to let that money go. Um, Cause even now, like even my family, they know like I'm the person I like to just sit and like just watch my money grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like that's like fun to me. When right. everybody else is like, you know, going out spending it, I'm like, no, I just like to see it grow. And so uh, just making that like that last payment, sitting there with my parents, I'm like, okay, you know. I want to buy this house because, you know, I got my baby and, you know, I want to, you know, give her the, the life that I want to give her. And and so um, just making that big sacrifice and just getting rid of it, it, it felt it was scary. But then once it was done, it was like, OK, 
it's it's gone now. Money gone. I, I you know I didn't need it. It was it was uh, everything was good. So it was worth it. Already. Hey, speaking of, I thought I was gonna be my last question, but speaking of uh, watching your money grow, do you do any investing? You know, everybody everybody thinks about crypto stocks. And yeah. All that. Uh, do that? So I don't do like the the fad investing that's going on <laughs> that everybody's doing, like yeah. with you know Robinhood and crypto and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, to me, that's kind of like popularity stuff. Most of my investing that I do is into retirement. So most of them, um, I've done like day trading and stuff before, just doing like quick stocks. Like um, way back years ago, I went and bought like a bunch of Amazon stock when it was like a thousand dollars a share. Um, and then like two years later, it was like three or four thousand. I ended up just selling it, um, but I still took that money and I put it right back into my retirement account. So I never saw it, never touched it, never spent it. It's still growing in that account. Um, a lot of people that do investing now, they're just doing like the quick, like penny socks. Like I'm gonna put in fifty today, sell it for two hundred next week. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, that's fine, that's great if that's what you want to do. Um, but for me, the most important right now is just my retirement, and that's money that I'm putting into my IRA. Um, which once I put it in there, you know, I can't touch it till I retire. Um, but what's most- retirement for an entrepreneur? When? Yeah, like, why how that work? Uh, it just, just depends on how much money you save. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of works the same way as a regular. Um, and so, and like with my IRA, like you still have to be a certain, like you know, you still have to be retirement age to pull those funds. Okay, gotcha. Um, but I, I have a separate brokerage account that I also do some investing in that's not set on retirement. Um, I just don't put the bulk of it in there. Um, but um, okay. Yeah, so as far as investing for me, uh, and then my next goal for investing is uh, real estate. So hopefully get it into like, um, my parents have a, a rental property, so kind of just following their footsteps and trying to like just keep up with them. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully get me a rental property, um, you know, one day and yeah. or Airbnb or something. That's like what's kind of on my vision board right now. Um, but, you know, when once the economy kind of, Figures out what it's gonna do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then I'll I think start thinking about that. I think the rest of the market gonna crash at some point. Yeah. Everything real expensive right now. But yeah. I, I'm actually looking at real estate at some point, probably in the next three years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I want to get a piece of an apartment building. Though. I like that residual that comes from yeah. apartments. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. It's definitely good to to have. Yeah. So. All right. Last couple. All right, oh, so goodness. at the end, um, so last episode, I tried to I tried to stay out right. It's like eight questions I asked my guests. <laughs> this is first thing coming to your mind. Just said, and uh, <laughs> okay. Somehow they ended up taking half the episode. I'm not sure how that happened, but oh, it, it was pretty okay. cool though. But I try to be concise. No, nah, do you have? No questions to have you feel. All right, so are you ready? Okay, I think so. All right, first question. Something simple. Favorite musician. Favorite what? Musician. Musician. Ooh. Robert. That's, that's why it took so long. That's hard. Robert. Robert Janitra. Who? Uh, you mean <sighs> passenger seat? Who is she gonna be playing? Oh man, it just depends. It depends on my mood because mood. I like I, I love music. I love all kinds of music. So like one day it could be um, like Meg Thee Stallion. 
Okay. The next day is some some Janae. Yeah. And then the next day is some Cody Johnson. Um, never heard of him. Much, so <laughs> you say you heard of him? Never heard of him. He's a he's a country singer. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Um, so I literally like right. I have so many different playlists on my Apple Music. Meg, Janae, got a nice balance. All right, cool, cool. All right, so what's the most impactful book you've read since you're an author? Mm, um, I, I I read all the time. Um, like I read a couple books a week. So I don't have like one that's super impactful, like overall. But most recently, um, like within the last six months, I read. Um, her name's Rachel. I, I can't remember her last name. But the book is a popular book. It's called "We Should All Be Millionaires," um, and it was written by a, a black woman, a woman of color, um, and it's mainly it's geared towards women entrepreneurs. Um, Things like that, um, but yeah, it was it was a really insightful book. We should all be millionaires. Oh, cool, cool. All right, let me see. Most important trait for a child to have. Most important trait for a child to have. Ooh, let's see, because I'm thinking about my kids and they're all so different. Like if you have this trait, you feel confident in being an adult, a great adult. Um, I would say determination okay because um, you know I always try to teach my kids like you don't have to get everything the first time you try it but what you're not going to do is give up yeah, um, quick, yeah. yeah so you just you just try it again um, you know with anything like learning how to tie their shoes or if we're playing a board game you know somebody loses they have a breakdown like no we're not going to do that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get back over here you're going to play another round and see, see what you yeah yeah take an L and then figure out how to win yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> already already determination alright most important not most important most influ- influencing person in your life Ooh, most influential got a part person. A and a part B to this question okay most influential person in my life I would well, that you know that you know like a part yeah like personal. a personal part that's what I'm yeah. trying to think of um, I guess I would probably say like I really want to like want to say my family because <laughs> we're like a whole unit yeah yeah um, like my parents my siblings you know like we I feel like I take prayers as one huh I take prayers as one so you mommy and daddy yeah yeah definitely I, I, take, I think that yeah like yeah, I mean, like, and really just my family as a whole. Like, we're on, like, a group thread. We talk literally all day, every day. Like, the the whole family. Um, That's my family, too. So, <laughs> but, right. yeah, definitely definitely my parents. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, what's one thing you could change about the school system? Oh, well, you know, I'm a former teacher here. Uh-huh. I, I don't even have one thing. I have a whole list. <laughs> Um, if you got top five, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that I would change about today's school system is accountability. Amongst um, the students or amongst the staff? students. Okay, gotcha. Um, holding you know kids accountable for their actions, their grades, their behavior. Um, just yeah, holding them accountable so that. When they make that transition from being a student to being a citizen um, of society, it's not like culture shock. 
uh, it not you know necessarily babying kids you know letting them just get by to get through you know yeah. to get them out of school and then when they enter the real world they have to learn everything it's about the school's part on the school's part yeah got you got you okay or, and on the parents too because it goes hand in like school school and parents Ooh, are like a, you know a triad so yeah. they both have to work together mm-hmm. sure I'm about to say a part B. Uh, I'm gonna go back a question real quick. I'm about to say a part B. Most influenced person that you don't know, like that you and you, you see him on social media. Mm-hmm. You might have read a book about him. Yeah. Who's that person for you? Um, <laughs> most influential person that I don't know. I don't probably have a lot of those too. <laughs> you got one to stand out. Um, that you think about right now? Let's see. Well, let's see. I'm thinking about. Um, I'm gonna look up her. I don't remember her Instagram by heart, which is funny because the book was still really inspiring. Um, you met her through Instagram? Um, no, the book that that we should all be millionaires book. I'm trying to find. And you know what? I, I might have even got her name wrong. Yeah, no, it's Rachel. It's Rachel Rogers. Okay. That's her name, Rachel Rogers. All right, I'm gonna look up. Um, um, so that would be like an influential person for me right now that I don't actually know, um, but just from like her book and like I'm on her email list, so I get her emails and things like that. Um, another one would be uh, a photographer that I actually follow and I'm in like one of her communities. Uh, her name is Sue Bryce and she's okay. very influential to me. Um, she talks a lot about what a D. Um, and she talks a lot about self-value, pricing yourself to to provide your clients the type of experience that you want to provide them, and and all that. Okay, got you, got you. All right. So, what's your favorite financial market uh, that you want to invest in? My favorite financial market? Uh, you mean like like specific stocks or? Yeah, any arena, like, you know, um, real estate, crypto, Yeah, um, so, I mean, right now, it's just, um, like, my mutual funds and my retirement things. That's mainly what I'm investing in right now. But okay. my dream investment would be real estate. Real estate, um, gotcha. And having, you know, like, maybe some office buildings, some Airbnbs, you know, different things like that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, um... If you had a $100,000 product or service that you could offer to the public, what would it be? Um, I feel like I already do have a $100,000 uh, service. You no, um, <laughs> <laughs> if you got to escape the question, are you good? Are you good? No. Um, okay. All right, cool. I mean, so right now in my studio, I, I provide a luxury service. It's, it's definitely not $100,000. Um, but I could see a way to make a photography experience that's $100,000. Um, I've seen some larger scale things done by other photographers um, as far as like creating an experience, uh, maybe like a photo shoot that includes like a destination trip. And, you know, like a full team and videography and, you know, hair, makeup, wardrobe, you know. Um, I could definitely make that. Um, $100,000 photo shoot. That's crazy. 
You gotta have a whole bunch of gold diamonds. In it. That's crazy. Yeah, like a like Beyonce style photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Right. Like, yeah. That's actually the person I had in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. If you had um, if whether hit the lottery or have it get there, if a hundred million dollars just ended up in your account, Ooh. what would you do with it? A hundred million. Hundred million. Um, definitely gonna pay off the house. Pay off the house. Um, and then gonna go just start buying up all. I'm gonna be chipping Joanna yeah. in Waco because I'm gonna own all the property. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Already. <laughs> that's my. That's probably what I'll do with it too. Yeah, I would just. I mean, I would find ways to make that hundred million like sustain and make it make money. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, treat myself, go to Dubai or whatever. <laughs> there you go. All righty. All right, man. I appreciate you for this interview. Uh, yeah. It was very insightful. Yeah, it was Appreciate fun. you. All right, man. So you got anything else you want to promote before we get out of here? Um, no. I mean, everybody is welcome <clears throat> to follow me on Instagram, at Janitra. Really simple. It's my first name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find my photography page through there um, or, my, you know, my website, JanitraWhite.com. You can get my book or my workbook on Amazon or you can DM me to, to get it locally. Um, but, yeah. All righty. There it is. Janitra White, one of the biggest entrepreneurs in the city of Waco. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but it's the Waco Willie Podcast. We out. Peace.